I'm just going to pray again. Is that all right? Yeah. Lord, we just thank you, God, for tonight. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. God, I just thank you for everything, Lord, for who you are, for your love for us. God, I just pray that you'll speak through me, God, and help our, help us to hear what you would have to say, God. Help me to say what you want me to say. Help people to hear what you want them to hear. And I pray that we will move forward, God. I pray that after, even from tonight, tomorrow, God, that the kingdom will be advanced, God, and we will just um, just go forth in your power and your spirit. Lord, we just love you. We worship you. We praise you. And we just thank you for your presence. Amen. Well, oh, God's so good. So we are going to continue on the theme of trust. And this afternoon, we talked about trusting God. And tonight, we're going to continue talking about trust, but we are going to focus more on trusting each other and trusting in, within community. But before we talk about that, um, we're going to look inward because as I was just preparing and as, as Jake and I were just talking and, and um, just even talking about this weekend and just praying together about this, um, I have some things that I want to share, and I believe that God wants you to hear all these things. And so before we even talk about trusting each other, we're going to really like continue to let, let God look inside of our hearts and, and show us things about ourselves because in order to trust others, we first got to trust God and then he's got to help us be able to trust and work on our heart and then we can trust others. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, so I grew up, as I talked about earlier, I grew up as a missionary kid. Um, after that, actually, I don't remember if I said this, but then later my dad was a pastor, so I grew up as a pastor's kid. Um, and I, so I've seen things within the church and within ministry. And sadly enough, I have seen things in situations where people, it causes people not to trust each other. And again, if we made a list of, with all of us here in this room, I'm sure there could be lots of things that we could say, well, man, I have a hard time trusting because of this situation or this happened or this person hurt me or so forth. But God is bigger and God wants to help us get through that and yeah. teach us how to trust each other. And in my own life, and even even as um, Jake and I were like talking and I was, we were talking about this weekend together and even we were talking like things even that have happened to us or situations that have happened like um, even in recent years or whatnot or even growing up as an adult, things that have happened that make it difficult to trust other people or things but that God walks us through again as we talked about earlier when we surrender. When we, you know, give him everything. So I'm going to read um, a story um, from scripture. It's the parable of the sower. Now, I know that usually if you hear the parable of the sower, you probably don't hear it with the, word, with the theme of trust. However, we are going somewhere tonight, so I want you to hang with me. And, and we're going to tie it in, okay, at the end. But we're going to look at, these, at the soils. And the reason I'm going to leave this with you and these thoughts with you as we're looking at the different soils is because... Um, as we're allowing God to stir our hearts, to let us look, for Him to look in our hearts, to show us things, um, Jesus just lays out the different heart conditions and things within the parable of the sower. So we're going to like jump right in there, and it's something He gives us something, He lays it right out for us to be able to go back to, and that as we're learning and working on yielding our rights to Christ, as we're working on living a life of surrender, he, he just puts it right out there and things that we can refer back to in our walk with God. Make sense? All right, so I'm going to read, if you want to um, write this, jot this down, I'm reading in Matthew 13, verses 2 through 9, and then I'm going to jump to verses 18 through 23. So that's 13, 2 through 9, and then 18 through 23. 
So it reads, Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he, scat as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky plants where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble and pers or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So as we break this down and we look at, first of all, the seed that fell along the path or the wayside. So this is the person who he hears the word of God. But he, he doesn't, he chooses not to understand it. He chooses not to accept it. And for this person, it, it, different things like come to my mind when we think of, of the seed that fell along among the, the path. And it could be a person who, it's about them. For example, maybe examples of people, that maybe we've probably all seen them, maybe they want to go to church or they want to go to Kyle or small group or whatever, but it's like, what can I get out of this? And they don't see it as, as what... Um, what can I give? What can I, what can I, in this community, in this body of Christ? And I think sometimes of maybe the atheist, for example, they've already got their mind set up. They hear the word, but they choose not to understand it. They choose not to accept it. They, they're cynical or they, or they don't want to, they choose not to receive this. And when this, when a person does this, then the enemy is going to steal that seed away. And so, and so Christ is just telling us and showing us the different, the different heart conditions, and he's warning us about them. Um, it could be people who maybe fear punishment rather than hating the sin. You know, you hear some people who just, they're just afraid of hell or they're afraid of punishment, but they don't fear the sin that Jesus went to the cross for. They don't realize it's that relationship. It's just a, a fear. Again, it's, it's all about like that self-preservation. And then the second one is the stony places or the rocky places. And so this is the person who they hear about the Lord. They hear about the good news. They receive it with joy. And we have probably all at some point seen someone who has, um, he, they've found about Jesus, out, out about Jesus. They've, they've accepted it. They've been so excited and they've, you know, just done everything. They want to be at every service. They want to do everything. They just, they just go, go, go. But because they have no devotional life, they are not rooted and they are not they cannot grow. They cannot produce fruit. And and what we can learn from this from this soil is that we need a devotional life. We need to be rooted because because we will um, we we 
We won't grow. We won't grow in Christ. And I remember my, um, my husband Jake saying when he was in college, somebody asked him, some, I don't remember the exact details, but he said something about, like, well, how's your time, how's your time, your quiet time? That's what he said. He said, well, I'm, I'm getting so many hours of sleep at night. Or, you know, and he was like, well, how is your time with Jesus? He's like, well, I, I prayed before my meals and all that. He said, no, no, no. And so as he began, he realized, my husband, he realized, he was like, well, I guess I don't really... I have a devotional life, you know. And he said, I just started with five minutes a day. I would get out of bed, roll on the floor, and be on my knees. He said, and God changed my life by giving him five minutes. And it, of course, it grows, you know. But even if, I don't know what your devotional life is, but I would just challenge you, make sure that you have a devotional life because you don't want to be the rocky soil, okay? So just, just the importance of being with Jesus, the importance of being with Jesus on your own, the importance of being with Jesus in community, because we need each other and we need to be with God. Um, the, the stony places also, you know, I think about um, if you don't have, if you're not rooted in Christ, if you're not um, rooted in the word, then it's easy to like follow popular trends or it's easy for your Christianity to be based on maybe political views or things that on the campus that's just going on. But when we're deeply rooted and our, and our relationship and our foundation is truly Christ, then we are going to be able to, to stand for him. And, and here it says, the scripture says, they, they heard it, they, they were joyful about the news, but they had, um, it, it was uh, choked. Sorry, I think the, the thorns choked it, but the, the, uh, it, it didn't produce anything. And so this is the stony places. And the third is the thorny soil. This soil also, they received the word. They were, they were excited about it. They received, they heard. But the cares of this life allowed them to be unfruitful. It could be so many things in our lives. It could be pleasures. It could be worries. Um, whatever it may be gets in the place of, of Jesus, gets in the place of our relationship with Christ. Again, we must have a devotional life. Our devotional life is what's going to make us grow. It's going to be the, the roots that grow down deep when the storms come. Um, that's going to be what holds us. And actually, I forgot, but the stony places I forgot to say, is also the, the person who, when persecution comes or when temptation comes, they, they don't have that root. So when the winds and the persecution of this life come, they just don't last. You know, they don't, they don't grow. And so God is just, Jesus is laying this out for us. Um, with the thorny soil, it could be um, the cares of this life. For example, maybe it's expectations that you put on yourself. Maybe your family has put on you. It could be with education. It could be that... Again, the cares of this world is more important than your relationship with Christ. Um, I am very grateful and very blessed that I did have parents who were supportive of me being in ministry, but I know many, 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 many times that is not the case. But in my extended family, um, I have a lot of people that um, have really great jobs. And so I think about like what they could think of me, you know? So I have a cousin who's really high up in Intel. I have another cousin who studied to be like second cousin studied to be an astronaut. I have another second cousin who is in the hall of fame in baseball. And so professionally they've done awesome things. And so it could easily be, you know, it could have easily been pushed on me to do something different, you know? And I'm grateful my parents 
supported me in the ministry path, but that's not always the case. And so even in this, I think it could fall under the thorny soil because if the cares of the world, if, if the focus of, of the natural things becomes greater than the spiritual things, then we are not planted. The seed is not, we are not the soil where the seed can grow. Does that make sense? And so when we're, when we're looking at this, um, this soil, these soils, all these soils, everything that I've mentioned and we've talked about, these really represent an, a life of unyielded rights. And that's one thing that I really want to bring out as we're searching our hearts, as we're asking God to, to change our hearts, to help us trust God so that we can trust each other. we got to look deep into our heart. we got to let God do some digging. Let God like show us some things. Even as earlier today, we were just asking God to search our hearts, search our, um, to be able to go to our past and, and so forth. And, and so unyielded rights. Are there things in our lives that we have not yielded to Christ? Are there, is there anything? Because God is asking for everything. Jesus gave his everything, and he's not asking for just a part of us. He's asking for all of us. Um, how many of you are familiar and know Winky Pratney? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, has any of you read Youth of Flame? <laughs> all right, well then you probably read this list, but I'm gonna read it to you anyway. But um, he gives us a list of six areas that are unyielded rights. Okay, so if you want to write these down, this would be a really awesome time to write it down. And, and, and as we're going through these, again, be honest with yourself and ask God if there's something that he needs to show you that you're like willing to listen. Your ears are open, you're all ears, you know, you want him to listen. Jake, my husband, always says, be comfortable with God dealing with you. You know, when we're not comfortable with that, we're in a bad place. But when we're comfortable with God dealing with us, then we're in a place where he can change us and he can mold us into the, the ladies, the women that he's called us to be. And so this list is acceptance, a sense of belonging, being well thought of, feeling loved. Um, are we more concerned about our relationship with God and what God thinks, or are we more concerned about being accepted by others? Have we yielded this right to Christ? Um, if, if we're not yielded, then it would play out in doing whatever it takes to be accepted. Are you following me? Does that make sense? Um, but if it's yielded to Christ, then we can follow where we can know who we are in Christ and, and we can believe in his word and his truth. Um, but we have to yield even our emotions to him. In ladies, we have a lot of emotions, but that we can yield that to him. <laughs> um, the second one that Winky Pratney writes is accomplishment. A lot of people have unyielded rights with their accomplishments. They have a longing to do something. Maybe it, this could fall with education, leave a mark in history, make the most of their times, talents, opportunities. Have we surrendered everything when it comes to accomplishments? Um, again, when we think of our future, when we think of things, it's so easy to get fixated on something and we want to do it this way. But if God's asking us to get off that path and do something else, have we yielded that right to him? Have we yielded all of this? Because he's asking for all of us. Um, the third one is provisions. And this is just everyday life things like food and housing, clothes, money, um, and so forth, like our provisions. Have we yielded? What are we, um, when I was thinking about this, like what is, how does this um, apply to yielding our rights. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, do we, um, what is more, do we trust God in our provisions or are we trying to take it into our own hands? 
Are we trying to like make everything happen with ourselves? Or are we, have we yielded to the Lord and, and just trusted him with, a, with provisions, with everything that we need and, and knowing that he, um, had, he owns it all and he is more than capable of providing for us. Number four is possessions. Having things we can call our own, our goods, our belongings, just things we need. I like to, I, I think about this as like the American dream. Do we think like I am entitled to the American dream? This is my right. I'm an American. It's my right to have the American dream. Or have we yielded that to Christ? Because God is saying, I need all of you. You know, we, we have so many unyielded rights. And, and so as we think, just ask God, is there anything you haven't surrendered? Number five is safety. When I think of safety, I've thought of like, Sometimes people will say, well, I can't follow God in this because it's not safe. This is an unyielded right. Or I can't do this because it's not, it's, it might not be very safe for, for my family or for myself or so forth. But if God's calling us to it, ladies, we have to follow. We have to walk in obedience. Even as we talked this morning, as, as Abraham didn't know where he was being led, he trusted and he took that step of faith. And there may be places that God's calling you to that may not always in the natural look like it's a safe place. Or and it might not even be like... It might not even be like a dangerous place physically, but maybe like it's a place that might not be safe where in the sense of there's not a lot of believers and maybe they, you know, emotionally, you might it might be hard or it might be difficult. But if God's calling us to that, we need to surrender those rights because if he's calling us there, he's going to give us the courage and the strength and the power to do what he's called us to do in that place. Um, that's number five. And number six is security. Whatever tomorrow brings, a sense of guidance, direction, um, insecurity, assurance for the future. Whatever that looks like in your situa- uh, excuse me, situation, in your story, is that an, a yielded or an unyielded right? Are you doing things in your own natural thoughts and your own natural plans thinking this will make me be secure? Or are you surrendering everything and allowing, following the direction of God, give it, like opening up your hands to whatever it may be? Does that make sense? And he didn't put this on the list, but I actually thought this, I'd add this to the list, Um, relationships. Um, Sometimes we want to control our relationships, mostly like at this season in life, probably like dating and marriage and so forth. But is this a yielded or an unyielded right in your life? Because um, God wants us to open our hands. He wants us to yield it all. He wants us to have a surrendered life. When we are more, um, when we care more about these things than God, it is more important. If it's more important to Him, then it's unyielded. So as you as you've written these down, as you go back later on and like look through these, I want you to just ask God: Is is there anything on these lists that I care more about than I care about You? Because if there's anything that you, I care about more, then these are unyielded rights. And guys. Jesus has the, he deserves the right on our lives. He deserves all of us. Um, Unyielded rights is a deep heart issue that stems from pride and it surfaces in a variety of areas. So if we have unyielded rights, it is very, it's prideful and it it comes in so many ways. There could be selfishness, there could be jealousy, there could be entitlement, and all of these are sinful. All of these God wants to set us free from. And when we have these in our life, and when we choose to not surrender, we are basically making ourselves the Lord of our life and not Jesus the Lord of our life. 
And when we hold on to these, um, it's just also when I think about if, if we are trying to control our life, we're not surrendering, and we're saying, I have the right to choose such and such and such and such. I have the right. Then along with that, we're taking on the worry and the fear that goes along with it. Whereas God is saying, if you just surrender your rights, then you don't have to fear because I'm with you. You don't have to worry because I'm with you. Does that make sense? So, so when we surrender our rights, when we yield it to him, when we surrender all of us, he's saying, I'll take the fear, I'll take the worry, I'll take care of you, just rest. When we think we have the rights to hold on to all these things, we have the fear, fear comes along with it, worry comes along with it, and then also all these hard issues that I just mentioned, pride, selfishness, entitlement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when our hearts, and when we are in a, our hearts are in a state of, of this sinful state, we are not only walking, we are not only not walking in freedom, okay? We're walking in a bondage, but we're also affecting those around us. And that is where I want to talk and continue to, to just look at each other and talk about community. Because when our hearts and when we are dealing with these things, sometimes, many times, it's hard to trust one another. And God wants us to trust one another. When we don't deal with our hearts and we just let it go and we think, just bury it, then sometimes it's easy to judge other people. And Because have you ever maybe had something that you've struggled with or dealt with, and so it's easy to like say, well, they're dealing with that. I can't trust them with this. Or I can't, this person is going through that, so I can't open my heart to them. You know, whereas God is saying, we're all sisters. He's made us a community. He want, He created community. He wants us as the body of Christ to be there for each other, to love each other through the struggles, to help each other through the problems, to just be able to, to lift each other up. And so it's just so important. And then when we do have community and when we, can, we do trust each other and have a community of trust, then and when we are struggling with this th these things, we can have an understanding and be able to walk through them with each other. Does that make sense? Are y'all following me? Um, when we come before God, open hands, letting go of our rights, and grabbing a hold of his word, then we come to the fourth soil. Then we are the fourth soil, which is the good soil. And the good soil represents a life of surrender, a life of yielded rights. It's the person who hears the word of God, the person who accepts the word of God, and the person who lives for the Lord, the person who says, Jesus, here I am, I give you all. And as we follow God and we make him the Lord of our lives, he is going to help us in community. He is going to help us love with his love. He's going to help us trust like with his trust, he's going to help us be able to help each other. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be awesome. He's the author of community. And when Jesus was walking the earth and the experts of the law came to him and he said, they said, what is the greatest commandment? He said, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And number two is love your neighbor as yourself. And I feel like sometimes we hear this, you know, so much that we just say, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> you know, it's one of those that we hear a lot. But if you think about this, 
Jesus, the second thing he said is love each other. Love each other like you love yourself. And y'all, we might not say, oh, I love myself. But if you think about it, we love ourselves. Like we do things to take care of ourselves, right? And so I know some people may say, well, I don't love myself. But usually what they mean is there's something about myself that I don't love. And I'm sure we could all say that. Like I'm, there's, I'm sure there's something that we don't like or we want to change or whatnot. But we all probably could agree that a lot of times we think, well, how will this affect me? Do we think that a lot of times? Like whatever that may be, um, decisions, relationships, whatever, you fill in the blank. How will this affect me? And what if our mindset changed to how will this affect my sister? How, if I say this, if I engage in this, if I do this, how is this going to affect my sister who Jesus loves and who Jesus died for? You know, not just how will this affect me? Um, we as humans have a tendency for self-preservation um, and we do want to, it, it's natural to think how will this affect me, but as we're connected to the vine, it's just Jesus, as we're the good soil, we're, we're having a devotional life, we're going, our, our roots are growing deep, we are growing strong because we're connected to Jesus, then he is going to be able to help us change our mindset and, and change it from it's all about me to how can I help my sisters? How can I trust? How can I love with the love of Jesus? And how can we as a community build each other up? Because I believe that this is God's desire. When we live like this, it creates an environment now of trust. And I know that, um, you know, I was thinking about this. What if like, you know, Jesus said this, obviously he would love for everybody to do this, but what if like the world had this mindset? We would have a completely different world, you know? And, but realistically, this is not going to happen in the world. But in the body of Christ and in the community of, of, of believers, this can happen. God can help us. God can teach us. And God can um, just, just help us discipline our minds and discipline our thoughts to focus on others, to focus on our sisters, and to pray for them. As we, as we pray for each other, our love is going to grow for each other. As we, as we work together, as we fight together, um, we're going to be able to build that trust amongst each other. We're going to be able to help each other. And, and God is going to just do amazing, amazing things. Um, I was recently, I was, um, somebody invited me to like a version app. I have this version app. And I don't know if y'all do it or not, but there's like all these devotionals. Mm -hmm. And I don't usually like, I don't usually do it like public. I just do it private. And I don't usually do groups. But for some reason, this person kept asking me for like a specific, um, just a different devotional. I thought, well, I'll just do it with a group. And so I just like did it. And it was like a two-week thing. So I was doing it. And I was like going through all of them. And I got to the last day. And I didn't like, I read them. I did all of the stuff. But I didn't like post anything, you know. But I got to the last day. And I was just really bothered by the devotional, and I did not agree with it. And I told Jake, I said, Jake, am I going crazy? Or I said, I just do not agree with this. And so we were, like, talking about it. It was the only day I ended up posting something because I just really, it just didn't, I just didn't set right with me. But basically, it was a, a well-known author. I won't say who it is in case you know him. But it was a well-known author. And the, I understand the point of what they were trying to say was go to God before you go to people. I understand that was the point. But the problem I had was this lady said, 
in my entire life, I've only went to one person for counsel. And I thought, what? That's just something's not right with that. Because God is the author of community. And scripture says to bear each other's burdens. Scripture says to love one another deeply. Um, it says to, to carry each other's, and it just, the whole, all of scripture. We look at Jesus as the example. We look at the early church where in Acts where it says they came together. They met together. They had everything in common. And you know, if there was people in need, they sold their stuff. And I mean, community. And, and we were not created to, to live alone. We were created for a relationship with God and a relationship with each other. And I think about the Garden of Eden. You know, God created man and he said he created him for a relationship with him. And then he said it's not good for man to be alone. So he created woman and, and he created a, a union. And then sin enters the world. But as soon as sin entered the world and broke that relationship with God, God immediately put into plan the redemption plan to, uh, to send Jesus, his own son, to win us back for that relationship. And he, all through scripture, through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, we see how, how community and friendship and relationship is absolutely vitally important. And it's just my prayer that all of us and, and as small groups, as a Chi Alpha and at a whole, um, as women here even, just that we can trust one another and that all of us will search our hearts and if there's any unyielded um, rights in our lives, if there's anything that's not surrendered, that we will just give it to God and that if there's unyielded rights, that you will just have the courage to share it with your sisters. The scripture also says, it says, confess your sins one to another. Um, and, and God knows that there's power in community and he created us for that. You know, obviously we don't go tell the whole world all our problems, but as we find these friends and this and these people that God has put into our lives, we just need to be willing to like do life together. And I know you guys know this because you do it, but I'm just, um, just like an, another challenge tonight as we're talking about trust and as we're talking about trusting each other. Um, it might be difficult for some people to trust. It might be easy for some people to trust. You know, I don't know what in your story has like led you to the point that you're at tonight, but whatever stage you're at and whatever level you're at, I think that God wants to take us to a new level of trust. Um, and, and that he just wants to show us things tonight. And as we learn to trust, we also need to remember that we have to make sure we are trustworthy. Because just like we need to trust other people, somebody needs us, but we need to be trustworthy. Um, we need to stand up for our sisters. If there are, um, if people confide in us, we need to keep that confidential. We need, in, we need to be able to be, um, to be able to be somebody that someone can trust. And, and also, you know, I think it, if we see someone tearing down a sister or a brother, we need to stand up for them. We need to have the courage not to fit in and just go along with jokes or whatnot, but we need to have the courage to stand up for, for them because that is part of, of that trust and that bond and that love and that community that God desires for us to have. And I believe that it can be a powerful thing. When we... We are all going to be one of these soils. All of us within our hearts, as we are searching our hearts, we are all going to be one of these soils. Either the, it's going to be the soil that fell along the path, or the thorny soil, or the rocky soil, or the good soil. That's all of us. And there may be times where there's variations 
of like maybe we struggle with this or we struggle with this or whatnot. But what God is wanting us to do, he's wanting, he's wanting to like mold our hearts to show us things that are going to draw us closer to him, that we can be the women that he has called us to be. The, the women that live with the power of the Holy Spirit, not doing things out of our own effort, not living out of our own um, just abilities, but whatever God has placed in us, whether whatever talents, whatever abilities, whatever passions, whatever desires, whatever dreams that are God-given, that you will walk in that confidently, knowing that you are a woman of God, chosen by God, and that you can um, that you can bring other ladies along with you, and that you, as a group and as a community, can like be world changers. Because I believe that God wants to do amazing things. I believe He is doing amazing things and I believe that he's going to continue doing amazing things and so tonight as we um, as we're looking at these soils I just would like if that's all right um, I don't know really how it is but just to be able to have some time um, to talk with your small groups maybe to get in small groups and, and and just ask God to search your hearts if there's things that you need want to talk to your small groups about and maybe at the end we could like get with your small groups and actually pray together would that be okay Okay, so if we could like have some music, and then um, I don't either play or play, whichever way, <laughs> um, and then if we could just like spend some time praying together tonight, that would be super awesome.